And that is where the obsession over data came from. So if you are a business owner looking to figure out how to do better, you have to look at your patterns. You have to look at your back end. Hey everyone, happy Friday. Welcome back to the Freelance Friday podcast. Today I have an interview with Jenny Hale of JH Marketing Results. She helps you get visibility online in just a month. But before we get into that, I would like to take a second to read a review. Now, normally I read my iTunes reviews, but today I thought I'd switch things up and read a review of my online course, my signature course, A Journey Social. A Journey Social is available for anyone who's looking to start a freelance social media management business. I give you everything from templates that I use to create proposals for my clients, to questions I ask them on our discovery calls, to the exact workflows that I use to schedule content and come up with strategies for them. So this review came from Erin and she said, Latasha always shares great information that is invaluable for professionals who have just started, plan to start, or have been in the industry for a while. Keep up the amazing content. So thank you so much, Erin, for leaving that review. In case you guys didn't know, you can review my course if you've taken it and I'd appreciate that as well. Or if you haven't taken it yet and you just want to share the love, you can go ahead and leave a review on the podcast. And in case you're interested in checking out the course, you can just check out the show notes or go to ajourneyeast.com slash course. So without further ado, let's get into the interview with Jenny. Welcome to the Freelance Friday podcast. My name is Latasha James and I'm your host. This podcast is a deep dive into the challenging, exciting, and oh so rewarding world of freelancing. From tips and advice to interviews with the people who are doing it right, this show is for anyone looking to get their hands a little bit dirty and make monetizing their passion a reality. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Freelance Friday podcast. Today, I'm sitting here with Jenny Hale of JH Marketing Results. Jenny is a visibility consultant who helps motivated online entrepreneurs scale their businesses and get visibility online. So Jenny started her first business at just 19 years old, and since then, she's done a ton of cool things with her business, and she's also worked in the corporate world and as a college professor. So I'm very excited to talk with Jenny today and know that we are going to learn a lot from her. All right. So welcome, Jenny, to the show. Thanks for being on. Thank you. I'm excited. Awesome. So can we just kick things off by talking a little bit about what you do exactly and how you got started in your freelancing career? Yeah, so I am currently a visibility consultant. So that's just fancy language for I help online entrepreneurs get seen in massive amounts online. And I usually work with established female online entrepreneurs who have been in business a couple years and are hitting a consistent high-end income, but are pretty much swamped with their business. And they want to do more marketing and more visibility work, but they don't know how to get to the next level. And I offer done-for-you marketing campaigns that increase visibility. So everything from all the email funnels that you'd need, all the social media that you would need, all the posts and graphics, all the contests. And then I also Um, help them create major online events and multiple major online events like contests, Twitter chats, 
online summits, big, big, big name events that establish them as the host versus just a participant, which really skyrockets a lot of the entrepreneurs I work with to uh, influencer level. And a lot of my campaigns have had incredible results. I've been able to go viral in a single day before. I've been able to increase online organic engagement by 500%. I've been able to increase the attendance at live events by 200%. And I really love doing this because I think entrepreneurs have so much ability to get to the next level in their business. But I always am so sad when they are, you know, not able to do so because of time or lack of skill set or knowledge or even know that they could do something as incredible as an online summit um, in more of the first couple of years of business versus, you know, hey, I think I need to be in business a lot longer just because I need to have a whole team to help me get this, you know, through. Um, and that's really where my business came about. I've been running campaigns in the corporate sector and for my own businesses for years, literally years. And I've worked with really small accounts and I've worked with really, really big accounts. And I found what worked and what didn't. And I took that to the entrepreneurial sector and really was able to see some really great results. And it's exciting for me because I started my first business when I was 19 years old. And I have been a serial entrepreneur since. I've started lots and lots of businesses. I started with a photography business and moved into freelance modeling and acting and as well as being a signed model as well. And then I love the entertainment industry so much that I moved into musician and band management and started booking bands as openers on world tours. I started booking them on live talk shows, live radio shows, some of the biggest festivals in the area. And I really loved this public relations side of the house and, you know, management efforts. And I wanted to expand that as I continued forward in my consulting. And so I take a public relations approach to all of my marketing campaigns. And we really look at marketing from the perspective of what does the audience want to see? What do they want to hear about? What do they want to talk about? What do they want to engage with? And how can we establish ourselves as the expert without constantly promoting hey, buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this. We really look to build authentic campaigns that position you to start conversations and host conversations on platforms where the audience can really get involved and engage without feeling like, hey, there's an ulterior motive at the end of this. Wow, that is awesome. Um, I didn't know that you did quite all of that. So that's really cool to hear. So tell me a little bit about how you got from traditional entertainment um, and, you know, working with bands and things like that, and even your own freelance entertainment career to working with entrepreneurs. How did that transition kind of happen? It was not planned. So <laughs> as all good stories, they are not planned. Um, so when I was 19, they started my first business. Within the first year of business, my company had really skyrocketed. I was completely booked out as a photographer in my area. Um, I was working crazy hours and I had established a lot of connections in the industry from that and knew a lot of people. And I started to pitch and really say to some of the local business owners that I knew, hey, you know, this is what I've been doing to establish my business this way. No other person is doing it this way. That's why I've been so successful. So 
would you want me to do something similar for you? And really, this is where entrepreneurs get themselves stuck. They don't ask for what they want. And so I have learned from having a background of public relations, you pitch, you, you say, hey, I have an expertise in this, and I think it would be really helpful to you, which you want to work together. And I started pitching local businesses. I started pitching local newspapers. I started pitching magazines and I'd get modeling opportunities. I'd get freelance photography opportunities. I'd get writing opportunities. Um, I was a director of photography for two magazines by the time I was 21, maybe. And I'd been the director of photography for two separate magazines just from pitching and asking and putting my name out there. And that's really what I did with businesses. I asked if they needed help. And then once we worked together and they saw results, all of a sudden I started to get the referrals. And so after you've gotten those first few sets of clients in, after that, your focus really needs to be on nurturing and promoting um, the relationship so that they can continue to talk about you to their friends. And that's how I was able to continue with my business. I started consulting when I was 20 and I haven't stopped since. And then I know that you have also had some kind of more traditional work that you've done as well. So can you tell me a little bit about that? And I know that you worked in education as well. So um, what were those career paths like and how'd you get into that? Man, the more we talk, I realize I have really had a lot of different career paths. Yeah. All blended together so well. And I swear one leads to another and it's been an incredible experience. But after I graduated college, I moved out of the area I had grown up in. So my businesses were kind of moved over to some family members to run while I left college and went and explored the corporate side of the house. So um, I started working in the nonprofit world and then I started working in sales and marketing and then really landed a director level marketing job by the time I was 23. And it was for an international organization. So it was pretty high level and I absolutely loved it. I love, I love working in the corporate sector. And it was a really great way for me to combine a lot of the experience I had as a really young entrepreneur and bring it to the corporate sector, shake up that industry a little bit, um, and then learn new lessons as well. Um, I was recruited only a year and a half or so ago online because of the work that I was doing in the corporate sector and the work I was doing as an entrepreneur and asked to be a professor. So I then was a professor by the time I was 24 years old and I still am a professor. So I have dabbled in a lot of different things, but it all stems from, hey, I started my business at a really young age. My business keeps opening up different opportunities. And the best part about being an entrepreneur is that you get to explore different things. So yes, I was able to be a you know, a commercial model and a runway model. And I was able to be a, a musician manager and I was able to be a photographer, but, it, and those three things seem so different, but when you really look at it, the foundation of all of them was entrepreneurship and marketing yourself and public relations. And I took all of those skills and kept building more businesses with them and branching off of businesses that I had and brought that experience to the corporate sector. And now I'm actually working full-time as an entrepreneur because I decided I wanted to try something different and go explore the world. And so I actually have 
multiple trips booked overseas for the next year or so. So I am going to be traveling full-time, running my companies, and experiencing life. And entrepreneurship allowed me to do that. And that's what's so exciting about being a business owner and taking chances and taking risks and learning and growing as you do it. That is so cool that you were recruited to become a professor. So how did they find you? Just kind of through the work that you were doing online or yes. how did that come about? I actually was recruited on LinkedIn. Oh, wow. So they cool. had done a search and had found me based on the work that I was doing and what was on my profile and invited me to an interview. Completely out of the blue, did not apply for it, <laughs> um, was so excited. Actually, when I got the message, I was like, is this real? Like, is really? <laughs> um, but yeah, and it's been an amazing experience. From my background in being a coach and teaching others social media and marketing, it made perfect sense. And it's been a really great experience. That's awesome. That's one of the things I don't think I've ever said on this podcast, but that's actually a big goal of mine is I would love to teach at the college level someday. So it's really fun. Yeah, Um, it definitely opened up my eyes to a new career path that I could explore moving forward. For sure, for sure. And you get to impact people's lives every day. So that's cool. Yes. (laughs) That always helps. Yes. So it sounds like you're a a bit multi-passionate, which I think is awesome. You know, to your point, I think a lot of these things have so many different parallels to each other. Like they're not, you know, completely different ends of, of the spectrum of work, I guess. But how do you kind of grapple with you know, having different interests or different, um, even just all the different experiences that you have, like, how do you make choices about which path you really want to pursue and know when to kind of put down some of the other things? So I did definitely have to make some decisions. I decided after about four or five years of being a photographer that it was not a career path I wanted to continue pursuing. And I did put it down. Um, professionally, at least. I really still love taking photos, but the industry has changed for photography and it was not a sustainable business for me because I wanted to move around and travel so much. And I really needed to be there in one location for clients, especially during the busy months, which are the months that I would normally want to travel. So there are a lot of things that I had to look at what my lifestyle was and what I wanted to do and then where my businesses were not going to be conducive to that anymore. And that's when I really moved into freelancing because I saw that that was an opportunity I could do via my laptop, via email, via social media, and continue with exploring the world. And so that's kind of what made that shift. Now with consulting, how I was able to kind of narrow down my focus is I realized after being in business for so long and being in the corporate sector, who I wanted to work with and what my expertise was in. And social media is definitely one of them. But there are a lot of people who are experts in social media. Where I actually thrive is looking at the back-end data. So I have a very analytical brain and I look at the data and find trends. I look at the algorithm and predict where it's going to go next and how we can adjust our marketing for that. I don't just post on social media and hope for the best. I really am strategic about how I do it. And building out campaigns was the best way to increase organic engagement, increase influencer status, increase conversations and position 
the organizations and business owners and myself in ways that I wasn't getting just from, hey, throwing it out to the wind, let's see what happens. So I realized that's what I really liked doing. I loved watching the data. I loved analyzing how a campaign was created and then launched and then the results of it afterward. And I was able to kind of figure out what worked and what didn't. And that is where I found my happiness. It's not just social media. It's not just content writing. It's not just you know, building out an email funnel. It is all the elements together. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs look at the individual elements. Hey, I need to be on Facebook. I need to be on Instagram. I need to be on Pinterest. I need to run an email list, but they don't look at it from the the bird's eye view looking down and say, okay, all of these pieces have to come together and they all have to speak about the same thing and they all have to promote each other and cross promote. And it has to make sense to your audience so that they're constantly being driven back to other platforms that you manage. Otherwise, you're basically creating disjointed marketing strategies that aren't cohesive and you're not able to funnel traffic to each other without paying for ads. And that's really the big thing. And I do not work with paid marketing um, in my campaigns. It's completely organic. And the reason is because all of those marketing pieces come together so that your email list promotes what's happening on your Facebook and your Facebook promotes what's happening on your Instagram. And they're cross-promoting each other in a very, very, very strategic way for a set period of time so that you can establish yourself as the expert in just that one thing that you do. And being multi-passionate, that was really hard for me to figure out. Like, I need to only speak about one thing and show that I'm an expert in this one thing. Um, And I have definitely seen the change in my business when I focused on, hey, I'm an expert at this idea versus all of these little things underneath. Um, There was one point in my career where I was like, I'm going to have an umbrella company and all the umbrella is going to, under the umbrella, I'm going to have all these different um, branches. And I was like, I need to focus on one branch before I had on different branches. And that was a lesson I had to learn as somebody who loves a lot of different things. Yeah, I, I love that. I think that's great advice. And I love that you mentioned being very analytical too, when it comes to social, uh, that's so, so important. I think a lot of us get really caught up in the creative side of social, which is important too. Um, but but it, it's also kind of just a science, you know, learning what works and testing different things. Um, so, and that's how you get the results, you know, Absolutely. is by the, the, the analytics and, and um, studying trends. So where did you learn how to do that? I know I got questions all of the time about, you know, courses or resources. Is there anything that you'd recommend for learning kind of the more analytical side of social? I don't know if I would recommend a course. I think I was really interested in why something performed and why something didn't. And good social media managers and good social media strategists are too. And one of the things that I would recommend if you are thinking about, well, how do I even track this? I started off writing it out by hand, not like fully grasping like the tools that are on the back end of your Facebook page, for instance. But if you go into the back end of your Facebook business page, there's some whole insights section and you can actually export an Excel spreadsheet that shows you everything. So I started out at like 21, 22 years old, going into the back end of Facebook and literally writing down what my weekly stats were. 
And then I realized that the organization that I was working for was running a separate paid ad strategy alongside my organic strategy. And after analyzing the back end, I was able to figure out that the engagement that they were getting on their paid marketing strategy was a 1% difference from my organic strategy, which meant they were paying hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars and basically getting equal results to what I was doing without paying anything for it. And that is what prompted my interest in, oh, I have to pay attention to the back end because there are ways to beat out Facebook. There are ways to beat the algorithm. There are ways to post a certain way, a certain style, a certain wording, not use these particular words, use these particular words, don't do this, do this. And I became obsessed with the Facebook algorithm. And I took that experience into my own businesses, teaching other people and also corporate and launching huge, massive campaigns that did not require any ad spend and went viral. And that is where the obsession over data came from. So if you are a business owner looking to figure out how to do better, you have to look at your patterns. You have to look at your back end and figure out, okay, this type of post did well. How can I scrutinize this particular post? What words did I use? Did I use a word that could be triggered by the algorithm? Did I use a photo? Did I use a video? Did I go live? What was the pattern there? And I literally would track the pattern for six months, look back at my data and say, okay, where am I starting to see changes? And then I would recreate the exact same types of content that performed well. The other way around that is to have a marketing strategy that drives traffic. And that's what a campaign does. The campaigns that I build drive traffic from your email list, from your other accounts, so that even if your audience on Facebook, for instance, didn't see what you had posted, you have specifically sent people to it from other accounts to engage with it, which will, in general, increase your organic engagement on the platform so that the audience members on that platform can now see it. The more engagement you have, the more the algorithm favors you. So that's really where I started to see the campaign style is what worked and the tracking the data to find out what people were engaging with most from campaign to campaign is how I built out kind of a strategy that was consistent with the results that I was getting. Wow. Yeah, that's that's so cool to hear you talk about organic that way, because I think we get so focused on paid, which is, you know, can be so effective as well if done right. But um I feel like I, I'm always hearing like organic social is dead and, you know, don't even bother with that. What would you say to those people who are kind of skeptical of using organic social because of, you know, the algorithms and, and all of the roadblocks that come with it? Right. It is getting harder and harder for sure. It absolutely is. And for those who aren't seeing success, it's often because they are not creating content that their audience really wants to engage with, or they are not pulling their audience from social media into other sales funnels. So they're not trying to encourage their audience from Facebook to go follow them on Instagram and then from Instagram to Pinterest. And they're not moving them through the social media accounts to get them off of social media platforms and into an email list or another way to communicate with them. 
if you do that the correct way, you can always have contact with your audience. And you need a few of those really loyal people to build that foundation. And then you're looking at referrals. So organic marketing, if done right, is so powerful. Even now, the campaigns that I run still do very, very well. Especially have a foundation built of followers, loyal fans, and engagement. If you have not built that foundation, you're a new entrepreneur, you don't have an email list, you only have a, you know, a baby account on XYZ platform, then a campaign is not the level you are at, at yet. Um, but for those who have been in business for a while, they've built that, that no like and trust factor, they want to build it more, they want to attract new followers, you can absolutely leverage the accounts you already have and in fact, bring them back to life. I went viral with 100 followers on Twitter. Oh my gosh. Yes. I went <laughs> from having 7,000 Facebook followers to like increasing engagement by like 50% in just a month. I have absolutely been able to work with accounts that have a few thousand followers that are totally dead and bring them back to life. I have worked with accounts that have very few followers, but have a foundation on the other platforms and gone viral. So it's really about how you can leverage some of the other tactics like partnerships, collaborations, conversation, activities, events. And if you're not doing that, you're going to struggle organically. For sure. Yeah, I always say this, but you know, we can't forget the social side of social. Yes. <laughs> like that's why it's called social media and yeah, I mean, I think we just we can get so like in our heads sometimes and just forget like why we're here and it's it it is it's about relationship building so to your point you know if you're not posting things that people are really compelled to like and share and comment on you're not i mean you're not gonna get magical results you know so i always tell people to go back to the content and then to go back to you know the the relationships that they're building and making sure that they're really being conversational and um and just uh, keeping things social. Absolutely. It's definitely key. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So can you tell me a bit about how you market your own business? You know, how do you get the word out about your services, what you offer, and make sure that you're reaching the right audience? Yeah, so with my own business, I have a task list of what I'm going to do every single day for sales and engagement, and then a weekly task list, and then a monthly task list. And then obviously I make goals for every single month. So my daily task is usually to have Instagram, my Facebook group, my own Facebook pages, and any of my own platforms, they have specific content that goes out on them. And then I also focus on Instagram stories and little tiny things like that to, to boost up engagement. And then really talking to people on every platform. I also post in other Facebook groups, participate in other promo threads, look for collaboration threads, and look to network and meet new people. I also have a daily plan of public relations. So I'm either on HARO every single day looking for applicable queries. I am pitching to podcasts, magazines, guest blogs, really doing uh, the outreach and the networking that I need to do to make my business sustainable. I'm on Twitter engaging or participating in a Twitter chat if there's one that day and if I have time. And then I'm also on LinkedIn engaging, adding connections, talking behind the scenes, posting, 
um, or participating in LinkedIn groups. So that's my day-to-day marketing strategy. And then I also have weekly tasks. I look to organize at least a collaboration a week or have collaborations that lead up to an event later that month. I do multiple live broadcasts on my Instagram and Facebook groups as much as I can every single week. I have an email list that I'm maintaining. And I also look to better my professional development through reading a book or looking through a blog, or there's something that I'm doing to grow my skill set every single week. And then every month I look to really follow up with those that I have reached out to, uh, keep in touch with those I'm not working with, invite you know, people to join in on my platforms and welcome them to my platforms. Sometimes that's a little bit less a month. Maybe it's bi-weekly, maybe it's weekly. It depends on the platform. Um, and then I also look to build major events. So I have, for instance, this month, an Instagram contest coming up and I have an online summit this weekend. So I have multiple big events going on with my business every single month, usually between two and three per month. And that's really where my lead generation comes in and my collaborations come into play. And then uh, for just building general goals every single month, all of my daily, weekly, and monthly tasks go back to what goals I want to accomplish that month. And then I backpedal and say, okay, where do I need to start and how do I get there? And so that's how I really focus on marketing my own business and then have client work in there too and help them reach whatever their goal is and building out their marketing strategy to get them there. And everything that I do is done for you. So I literally customize every single plan that they have and build out all of their social media statuses and all of their live scripts and all of their marketing to market their lives and build out their campaigns and events. And so what I'm doing for them, I'm practicing what I preach for myself. So I I tend to use a lot of those same events as well and use the lessons that I've learned from them to help others. Love it. You sound very organized, (laughs) which is great. Um, You mentioned Haro too. Can you, for the people listening who don't know what that is, I think this is such a cool website. Can you give a little overview of what Haro is? Yeah, absolutely. So being a PR junkie, I love areas where I can go and find uh, basically a list of people that are looking to work with experts. So Haro is called Help a Reporter Out, H-A-R-O. And it is a media platform where you basically go in and you sign up as either an expert or a journalist. And if you're a journalist, you can submit, hey, I'm looking for so-and-so to talk about X, Y, and Z for an article I'm writing for X news source. So it could be Business Insider. It could be USA Today. I'm just making stuff up. Um, It could be a local blog. It could be a national blog. It could be a local paper like, hey, I'm in Chicago and we write for this Chicago-based magazine. Um, So there's local opportunities in it. There's national opportunities in it. There's international opportunities in it. And then if you select that you're an expert or you're basically willing to respond to these queries, then you get three emails per day, morning, afternoon, and evening. And you go through them and they highlight what the topic that the reporter is looking for. And you can select one, read the description. And if you think you have something that you can offer that reporter as a quote or a, a piece of advice or tip for their, for their blog or their article or whatever they're working on, then you can submit basically something that's going to be copy and pasted directly into 
their article or paper. Sometimes there's podcast opportunities on there. Sometimes there's interview opportunities on there. I've seen all sorts of things. Um, it's actually how I was able to get featured by a major media outlet and called an expert in my industry. And it's free, everything about it, completely free. So it's a really great way to get started in the PR world with just something that is a paragraph or so without having to do a lot of the extra, you know, finding the reporter that speaks about what you talk about and then engaging with them and finding their information and then individually pitching emails. Basically, Haro has done all of that for you. And these people are looking specifically for something that you can offer them and you get to go and pitch it. And I do that almost every single day. Um, and that is how I was able to get featured in upwards of like 50 to 75 articles in like just like a little over a year. And that was not with consistent everyday pitching. That was with like, hey, I feel like doing this once a week. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a really great way to get your name out there, backlinks to your website and get known and seen as the expert in what you do. Amazing. I love it. So besides Haro, are there any other specific tools or resources you use that maybe you'd recommend or that you feel like are just, you can't live without in your business? Yes. And I don't know if many people know of this one and I'm always surprised, <laughs> um, but this one is a social media scheduling tool that I'm obsessed with. Um, it's called Recurpost. And um, the focus of Recurpost is that you publish your post once inside their system and you set it on repeat. So it's really great for entrepreneurs who have evergreen content, not time sensitive content, but evergreen content. And you upload it once and then you set it on cycle basically. And it reoccurs, reoccur post, reoccurs on your profile until, until you stop it or until you need to refresh the system. And it's a huge time saver huge time saver. So I'm one of those people that bulk writes about six months of content in advance. And so I have a cycle to my business. And so I know that the evergreen content that I'm creating is not going to expire in like, you know, three months or two weeks. And so I'm able to really lighten a lot of my social media posting load by using Reeker posts instead of individually or manually posting every single piece of content that I want to get out on a schedule. I have heard of that, I think, in some social media, like Facebook groups that I'm in, but I've never tried it. Um, oh so now I'm intrigued and I want to. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. You really need to. The best part is it links to Facebook groups. It links to your Facebook oh. business page. It links to LinkedIn. It links to Twitter. Although there's a Twitter policy in place where you can't post the same thing twice to avoid kind of bots. So you actually mm. have to create variations for your Twitter account, but it probably saves me five to 15 hours every single mm -hmm. month of just manually keeping a content calendar and scheduling things out and the graphics that go with it. It is so helpful. And I have actually used the paid version of it. And that's uh -huh. amazing as well. But the free cool. version is still enough to get you through, you know, a couple months yeah. of content without needing to upgrade. So the free version is amazing. The paid version is incredible and I absolutely love it. And I wish I was an affiliate because I can't stop talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You sold me. So I'll definitely have to give it a try and maybe I'll update the podcast and let everyone know how I liked it too. It yes. <laughs> cool. So is there anything that 
you've kind of, I know we talked about being multi-passionate, but um, I don't know if that was maybe a struggle, but is there anything that you've struggled with in this kind of journey um, of business? Anything that maybe you would do differently? Hmm. This is a personal opinion, Um, but one of the things I wish I had done differently is while I love my foundation and how I got started in business, um, I wish I had started out doing online or national-based work a lot sooner. I think I, as a young teenager, I did not understand where the world was going and this gig economy and you know, I didn't even know I had the desire to travel and experience new things. I was such a homebody as a teenager. I went to college like 20 minutes from my house. I never left my state. I never thought I would have this wanderlust adventure soul. And if I had started my consulting business a different way as a younger person, I think I would really, that would really have helped my dreams kind of grow and get bigger as I got older and developed into who I was. I still love the work that I do and I'm glad I had a lot of experiences, but if I could do it again, I would not build localized businesses first. I would build national businesses as well. Something that could move and travel with me. Um, But what I have learned from that is how to work with local businesses, work with local brick and mortars, I have experience in the online world and in the local world. And I built my first businesses locally. And sometimes that's hard. (laughs) That can be harder than some of the online world because you're working with a smaller audience and and an audience that's located within 20 miles from, you know, wherever the business is. So that's definitely different. I wish I had kind of done more of the national stuff sooner so that I could have built a different business now. Instead, what I've kind of dealt with is as I've grown, my business has had to rebrand. And so where originally I was working in consulting with local businesses, you know, years later, now I'm only working with consulting, you know, nationally. And that has required a bunch of different rebrands and starting social media accounts over from scratch. And that is hard as an entrepreneur to catch up with you as you change. What I like about it is I have changed. I have grown. I see things a different way years later, and I have a business that can adjust to that. Um, so it's there's positives and negatives to it, and I've definitely learned a lot along the way. But if I could do it over, I would start at the beginning going national. Wow. Yeah, that's great advice. And I feel like you don't hear that a lot. Um, and I think it's really smart, especially to your point of like wanting to travel. And that's something that's obviously very important to you. And I think that's something that's important to a lot of us who choose to get into this type of work. Like we want the freedom and the flexibility. Um, so I think that's brilliant. Um, speaking of travel, I know that you mentioned you're kind of getting ready to start traveling. So do you have any plans of where you want to go? Oh gosh. Well, here's what I've done already over the last few months. I did Jamaica, which was the best trip I have ever been on. Jamaica was amazing. So Jamaica is definitely my top choice as of right now. Um, I just came back from Disney World. So that was a couple days ago. I just came back from Disney. I love Florida. So Florida is one of my favorite places. But I also plan to hit a lot of overseas places this year. I'm going to do Italy, Greece, Africa, Australia, New Zealand, and some of the 
ones on this side of the world. I'm going to do some Belize and Guatemala and continue to travel. One of my goals is still to get to Ireland this year. So I'd like to do that too. Nice. Well, good luck with everything. And I'm excited to see where you go. You have to um, keep us posted on social. (laughs) Well, my Instagram account is pretty much just all travel. (laughs) Oh, nice. Cool. Love it. So what can people expect if they want wanted to start working with you? What would that um, what would that look like? How would they get started working with you? Yeah, so we start with a phone call to kind of figure out if your business is the right fit for the types of campaigns that I run. So I built campaigns that are very authentic and from the heart, as we talked about. I don't like to build campaigns with the end goal of selling something. So um, I find that audiences react best when they feel like they're part of something bigger. So I work with a lot of organizations and companies and businesses that come from the heart. So you have a product or a service that you think can change the world. And you specifically are the person that can help bring that product to the lives of many and impact people. So if you feel that way about your business, this campaign strategy is definitely an option for you. What we do is we come on a one-on-one call together. We map out what your campaign would look like, what it would be about, how you would promote it. And I take our ideas and then I do all the work for you. So I go on the back end for a couple of weeks and work on building out your entire campaign, all of your statuses, all of your email funnels, and every little mini piece to market every single event that you're doing. Um, I also encourage you to work with partners. So I build out media kits for partners and collaborations and how to reach out to them and what it would look like once they're on board and marketing kits for them to use so that they can market their own participation in what you're doing and get the word out to more audiences. So basically we do that for a couple of weeks. Then we come back together. I show you how the plan works. I explain step-by-step how you would implement each part of it. And then I hand you over the campaign and you go and implement it. And then at the end, I put together all of your data for you. So you send me your data and I put together a whole briefing that shows you what worked and what your percentage success was and basically how in the future you can use the exact same content that I gave you to tweak and launch it again and again and again as future campaigns. Basically, you get an entire marketing strategy for a month and you can tweak it and use it again and again and again. Uh, for all of your future events. And I find that they work really, really well backing up to a launch. So visibility is really important in building that influencer status and that no like and trust factor. And building that engagement is so important before you tell them you have something you want to sell. And we kind of weave in like, hey, this is coming or hey, this is something you can do into the campaign, but we don't make it a focal point. So it's a great way to kind of back up to something that is a huge launch about 30 to 60 days prior to when you plan on releasing or pre-selling whatever it is you're working on. So I find that that's the perfect timing to build out a visibility campaign as massive as this. And then your audience is basically primed and ready to buy when you're ready to release. So that's kind of how it works, but I've also used campaigns for general awareness, general PR, because I build out all of your PR strategies and all of your pitching for you. Um, and yeah, we go from A to Z all completely there for you so that you know exactly what to do to implement something. And it's the same exact strategies and layouts that I've used repeatedly for lots of different things to increase visibility and establish expertise. 
Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of my listeners are interested in launching like a course of their own or a podcast. Um, so that that's great advice. I think like the keeping the 30 to 60 day um, kind of timeline in mind is so important. That pre-launch period is is so important to actually build up your credibility and thought leadership and build those relationships. So I think your services could be very helpful to a lot of people. Thank you. Yes, I definitely find that that is something a lot of entrepreneurs miss. They're trying to build that engagement and expertise and and thought leadership while they're launching and then wondering why their launch is not gaining a lot of traction. This is a really great way to avoid that. Yeah. Cool. So where can people find you online? Yeah. So my website is jhmarketingresults.com and I am on social media as results in a month. Perfect. And of course, everything will be linked in the show notes um, so people can find you as well. But I think those are all the questions I had for you today. This was really helpful. Um, I think a lot of people are going to take some value from this and um, just enjoy learning about you. So thanks again for coming on the show, Jenny. Thank you so much. I had a wonderful time. Awesome. Cool. Thank you. And that's it for this episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to let me know. Rating this podcast is a huge help. And you can also tweet me at a journey east with comments, questions, or suggestions for future episodes. Lastly, make sure to join my private Facebook group, Money Making Micro Influencer, if you're interested in elevating your influence and taking charge of your personal brand. There are so many like-minded, bright individuals in there, and it's a place I love to offer up free advice and a little bit of extra fun into. You can find it by searching Facebook for Money Making Micro Influencer. It'll also be linked in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. 